The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to westwatwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event, exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Joey, today's podcast is about deciding between paths, two paths. You were not in this one because you were traveling. You were guiding your own path. But I, I want to set up today's intro, right? I feel like this is a worthy intro for everyone to learn lessons from, but also to give you behind the scenes. Like our lives are just so transparent. Like we want to share the the successes and the failures. So you may have heard us in a prior podcast or intro talking about us buying this large luxury home that we were able to buy subject to the mortgage. And we were super excited about doing renovations in the project to make it a seven bedroom short-term rental for large families and everything else. We we did an, a, me, a meeting with the neighborhood and it went horrible. If if horrible is like the, the, <laughs> the simplest way I can explain it. You still have daggers in your back. I do. Yeah. And we knew that we needed to go meet with the city because they were shooting messages to the city to like try to shoot down our plan. And so we wanted to like go have this meeting. So for, you know, the last week you helped organize it, Joey, we're kind of building up to this meeting, like preparing the last two nights, like us thinking through what are all the things that they could possibly ask us, right? The, the, the goodness of this part is that we're going to be there with just logical people that don't have a, a dog in the fight, right? That's like right. Uh, other than, you know, they obviously want to make sure they're appeasing all the constituents or whatever, but it was going to be very logical. We've looked over the ordinances. Here's what the ordinances say from our end. The ordinances were vague, did not like discriminate against short-term rental in any way. We thought, Hey, you know, we may have to cross a couple boundaries, maybe on some permitting potentially, but we felt like we were pretty good. Did you not feel like going I, into this? I was optimistic. Good? I was optimistic. So, and, and we had, you know, we brought Clint, who's our operator. Like he understands a lot of the legal stuff because he's had to deal with this stuff in the past. So here we are. So Joey and I and Clint, we, we have a meeting and, and it, we're in this little small town outside of Birmingham, Alabama. So the, I don't know, population like 15,000, maybe it's really small. And we sit down with the mayor, a head of zoning, another city council person, another city council person, right? Sitting at this boardroom table, I'm at the far left-hand side, and the mayor sits at the head of the table right off my left elbow, all right? So now we're, we're, we're like, okay, how how is this going to go? So, Joey, like right from the jump, like explain the, the, to him what happened. The first words out of the mayor's, off, or mayor's mouth is, well, y'all have certainly turned up a stink. And I said, I hope that's a good thing. And that was just me being overly optimistic. <laughs> you being sarcastic. And that's, sarcastic. That's, that's what you And mean. he said, no, it's not a good thing. It's not. And he just came raring it, at the table. I, I could he feel was, the, the spit bubbles in my ear. He was, he was. I was getting the wet willy. Basically. Yeah, he was ready. He was ready to come in for a fight. And this totally threw us off guard because, again, we're just looking for what does the ordinance say? What do we have to do to comply? 
Because obviously we have gone through the ordinance and it does not specify anything against shorter term rentals. So it doesn't even specify like anything about long term rentals. So here's here's some great points to be learning from this. So we're sitting there and obviously he immediately is angry, which was a little bit of a red flag to me, like as to why a public official is getting angry over something. Right. Like it should be very black and white. That was kind of disturbing, to be honest that he was that aggressive in his, in his tonality mm. toward the subject matter. And he said, well, I've just been getting emails. And he had a stack of emails, which unfortunately the neighborhood I live in, that's just their game, right? Like if, if they got paid for every word they put in an email, these people would be really wealthy. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, unfortunately I would tell you that this is not the first time. And he was like, Oh no, I've had run-ins with Oak tree drive before. I was like, I, I know you have. Right. So like, like, let's address this from a logical standpoint, because if we just sit here and listen to this group, gripe, Like you, you, you would, you'd never be able to run your city meetings without, you know, things that they want to change. And he says, all right, well, I mean, you guys clearly, you can't, this is a business and you can't run a business inside a residential area. And so the logical question is, well, do you require a business license to have a long-term rental, like for somebody to rent their house out? Well, well, uh, yeah, 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 we do. Okay. So then you must not have any long-term rentals in residential areas. Well, uh, no, I mean, we do. I mean, it's just, that's just, that's different though. Okay. But you, so people can rent out their properties, a residential area for 12 months. What about for six months? Well, yeah. Okay. What about for three months? Well, is that isn't that the same? Well, no, it's different terms. Well, it's perception is what he said. Uh, perception. <laughs> so there is nothing in the ordinance about perception. It is all about uh, there's no, nothing black and white about this conversation. It just became a a fist fight, emotional fist fight. Well, one of the things that what came out of that, we asked our operator. We said, "Well, is this accurate?" And he said, "Well, no. There's actually case law in the state of Alabama that says that running." An Airbnb out of your house is not a business. And he goes, well, I, I Googled it. It says it clearly on Google is running a business. And I said, well, sir, I think I would stick with case law over whatever Google said. <laughs> and by the way, that was actually good. And one of the city councilmen <laughs> snickered at that one. They were like, oh, that was that was good. Yeah, he got you on that one, Mayor. But, but here, here's the reality. You guys, we want to share this with you because we want you to hear that everything is not rosy and perfect all the time. We learn sometimes less is the hard way. But the big thing that I want to also take away is what I told Russ earlier, is that if God wants us to rent this house out on a short-term rental basis, we're going to go to the city and they're going to work with us. They're going to be amicable. Everything's going to work out. But if God doesn't want us to do this on a short-term rental basis, this is his property. Ultimately, Psalm 24, 1, that, all of the earth and everything in it is the Lord's. We're going to just say, which one do you want us to do? Which path do you want us to take? And at this point, he's made it super clear that we're going to sell the house. I mean, it's possible I may put a for rent sign out there for the neighbor's benefit. And if I have anybody can skip trace the, the mayor's cell phone number, I may put his number on the sign. I, it's just possible I would do that. It probably wouldn't be the Christian thing for me to do. But you're right. Like the, at the end of the day, like this is obviously not the right fit. There's times where this happens. There's times where that we could go into battle on this, but it would probably be a battle 
that, and we told them this, we said, look, we can spend tens of thousands of dollars and fight you legally and, and prove to you guys that your ordinances are not accurate in to us preventing us from doing this. But then they could actually, because it's like a six person team, like they could vote and change it at the same time. It, it would, it would be stupid of us to fight this because there's not enough battle in that. So anyway, just for you to hear, you know, things that we go through, hopefully this is beneficial to you. If you get a laugh at our expense and it's not the last time we will, we will fail uh, or I, I don't like failure, learn, learn. a lesson, <laughs> um, but we hope that you will help. And hopefully today's podcast, as we talk about the ways to go down two different paths and the three different things that you can think about that can help you overcome and take imperfect action. So without any further ado, let's belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your way to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy, most because bad follow-up guy or bad internet guy just didn't sound so good to me. But it's enough about me. Thankfully, I'm not the one here all by myself trying to help you understand these topics I've brought you the best, the greatest, the best coaches in the financial world to help break down these topics. I'm missing one. I'm missing the stallion today. So I am going to depend heavily on the three amigos. Let me introduce them. To my left, the man I like to refer to as Mr. Incredible, his superpower is speed to financial freedom and the real beauty to that speed is it is contagious. My man, J.D. Hill. Say hello to your fans, J.D. Hey fans, uh, I, you know, we talk about this every week and I got to be honest, that is my favorite intro. Uh, I love that you asked me to say hello to my fans and hey fans. Hey, it's, it's just what we do, man. JD, today we're covering how do we decide between two paths? What does that even mean? Well, it means when it comes to um, your journey, right, to financial freedom, there's naturally going to be multiple uh, options that you can choose from. And we're trying to figure out which of those options makes the most sense. And uh, it's not like in school where when in doubt, you see your way out. And so C is always the answer, right? That's, that's what I always did, at least. Uh, I made it out alive, though. Uh, and so I, I, think, I think what we're talking about here is, again, if, if when presented with uh, no shortage of opportunities, how do we actually choose between the, 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 the two that are at the top of the list, if you will? It, I just got that reference. You're referring to out of multiple choice, choose C. That's correct. Yeah. When in doubt, see your way out. That's correct. Yeah. I had C a lot on my tests. I'm going to be honest. Like C was the primary answer quite a bit. Oh my goodness. Uh, that is too good. Please. Anyone who is listening to this, that is still in high school years or below, do not follow JD's advice. I do not think that that is the strategy you should follow. I would, I would, I would disagree. <laughs> I would look on the kid's paper next to me. No, that's not a good strategy either, but it happens. 
not to the man to your left, the man who is the true financial Sherlock Holmes of our day, no problem, too difficult to solve for him. He never had to see his way out. If I would only known Ernie earlier in my life, I'd be so much richer. Everybody say hello to Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. Hello, Ern. Good afternoon. I did absolutely see my way out. That is 100% a good strategy. <laughs> if this is such a good strategy, why would the person creating the test just never give C as an option or make C a minimal option so that way people who didn't know would not pass? It's, it's psychology. <laughs> never going to put the right answer first. Going to come up with a less outrageous or a more outrageous answer second, and then third, let's give them the right answer. I was always a deductive reasoner on this, man. I would have thought that that's where you were, man, being the, the, the sleuth that you are, the way that you like to look into things. I would have looked at the four problems. I would try to find the two outrageous ones, right? Like there's obviously two that are stupid. You get those out of there. Unless it's a math test, you don't even know the answer, right? But if it's anything but it's got words on it, you, you can eliminate two. And then it's like, okay, what's the best out of the next two? And it's a 50-50, flip a coin, let's go. That's right. If it's 50-50 and it's A or C, I'm going with C. Every time. Every time. <laughs> so when you're deciding between two paths, you're saying go to C as well. No, actually, I would say no. If given two paths, I'm saying go left. Do what Zoolander <laughs> couldn't do. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. I, I need some sanity. I need some logic. I need somebody who has thought through contingency plans, our former pilot, but he's still a pilot, right? I mean, what's a pilot? Always a pilot. He just has to fly first class or coach. He no longer is up there looking out the front windshield. The man, when he's not jet setting around the world, he's dropping gold nuggets on us right here. The one and only Mark Haraguchi. Welcome Mark. Afternoon, everybody. This is, you know, since we're on the topic of multiple choice tests and scantrons, you know, you're trying to make your choice. <laughs> this is actually a fun fact for all of you. In case you didn't know, I took one summer school course on SAT prep. And probably the smartest thing I learned out of that was the guy said, what is the directions on the scantron? And it says to fill in the bubble all the way, right? So you watch everybody and they're filling in the bubble and they're wasting time filling in the bubble. He said, all you need to do is put one stroke across the bubble with your number two pencil. And I guarantee you the Scantron machine will pick it up. He said, not only have you saved time filling in the bubble, but you've also saved yourself more time so that you can go through and check your answers if you have to. And if you need to come back and erase that, all you have to do is erase one line as opposed to the full bubble. So when we're looking at this of how do you choose between two, well, why don't we if, if you don't need to waste time on certain things, you have more time on other stuff. So rather than completely filling in the bubble, you think about how long does it take you to fill in a bubble? Maybe two seconds. Well, if I can in a quarter of a second, put a strike through that bubble, I now have extra time later on when I need it. So then I can sit back and say, which path is gonna get me closer or further from financial freedom? And that's how I make my decisions. So why is this so important now? Why did you guys decide that this is the topic we need to cover today to help somebody? JD. Yeah, look, I have shiny object syndrome. I You show me a good opportunity and I will go after it. Like... I, <laughs> It's, it's, you know, it's, um, it's like a dog in a treat, right? You put the treat in front of me and, and I get real excited. And, uh, and so I think a lot of times people that have not started on their journey, 
of financial freedom, they get the same way and they don't know which one to choose for, for a number of reasons. And, and for me, I think if you can't decide between two paths, you'll never pick a direction on which one to go. Uh, and so it's important that we can actually get clarity on this, right? We have to get clear so we can choose a direction. How about you, Ern? What would you say to that? Yeah, well, I, I, I would say choosing between two paths. I've had an, a number, a large number of conversations with, with people assessing something and the main consideration being the cash flow, the return on investment. And so I think this is a helpful opportunity to consider what other, what other things should we be looking at to choose? Because I, I, to be honest, choosing a path just for the cash flow is gonna is gonna get you somewhere, and I'm not certain just the cash flow decision is gonna get you to where you want to be. Uh, can you can you go deeper than that? Can you show me an example or like help me understand what you're saying there? Yeah. Oh. So I just finished reading the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. Mm, love that book. Uh, thank you, Russ. And I would say the thing that I took away from it is 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 a growing of my desire to want to be excellent in business. And and to be honest, I love the idea of turnkey real estate for the partnership, for the for just owning real estate as opposed to an arbitrage method or something like that. I love that, but it, it kind of hits on my lazy bone and that I don't have to learn as much. Right. But I read this book and where I want to go actually involves, I, I do want to grow and develop. Financially free, I want to be able to continue to grow and develop. And so choosing the path just for the hands-off cash flow nature, you know, I'm not so short and not so certain. It, it's made me reevaluate. Okay. Mark, jump into this. Why is this important now? I think it's important because you you can for exactly what JD said, exactly what Ernie said, you can get hung up on spots and it can it can prohibit you from making a choice. And a lot of people are, are going to be second guessing. And I want you to remember it's only a bad choice, it's only the wrong path if it ends up not working out and you choose to not learn from it. If you choose to not learn, then you're just destined to make that mistake over and over again. But if you if you make a choice and it ends up not working out, but if you can take what you've learned and then now pivot and keep moving forward, well, then the choice really wasn't necessarily a bad choice. It was just a learning moment choice. So keep moving forward. Now, I, I think a lot of times it's it, people get into that spot and believe it or not, if the choices go left or right, if you don't make a choice, you've actually made a choice. You've chosen not to move forward and now you're stuck. And so if you never choose to start, I guarantee you will never finish. Mm. Well, yeah. And I, I've heard it said that, you know, you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. Right. Mm. And, and I, I think that that's your point. So if we were to break this down, we're going to take, take two paths. We're going to break it down to kind of sections. Is it fair to say that maybe one section is we are, we have to stop over analyzing it, right? The whole um, analysis paralysis deal. Yeah. Uh, second, which could be very similar to that could be fear. The, the third maybe, and I, I think, you know, again, it, these all are, are pretty in the same vein, but a lot of times the unknown or lack of education that we may have, and I think Ernie, you even said this, that maybe it's a person who just cares too much about money. So I, I want to like break those down. So talk to me about 
analysis paralysis as it relates to picking to pass? Well, I, I think first of all, I think there's somebody who who is more tends more towards analysis paralysis, and that's that's certain personality types. And so I think how do you how do you fall on either side? Well, one, I think you just know about yourself. How can you choose a path if you feel like you are getting down into the weeds and maybe too deep into the weeds? I think one thing you need to step back and understand is this an area where I would be hanging up naturally? And you can you can you can move through that. This podcast is amazing, almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas, and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. Well, when you talk about that, it's interesting, right, that personality types do dictate sometimes when you're, you're going to be one of those who naturally does it. I don't think you would know this about me just by the way that I, I can buy something, a car, house, whatever, like in five seconds, right? I can make a decision really fast. But here's the, the thing about me is that if I don't make a decision really fast and I let it linger, it actually then moves me into that analysis paralysis phase where I can sit there and it, I can spend a week trying to buy a computer. Right. And, and it like really, usually I'll pull it up and I'm like, that's the one I want. But if somebody's like calls it into questions, like, well, are you sure that one's got the right gigabytes and RAMs and, you know, doodads? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, well, I mean, I don't know. You know, are you guys going to be pop? Are you, are you going to be doing this? You're going to be doing that. I don't know. And so then I, then I'm like starting to question that decision and I don't take action. But it, it's interesting. Like I do think that some, sometimes we have to make a decision. No decision or indecision is the wrong decision, right? It needs to be a yes or it needs to be a no. And you need to be able to make it pretty quickly. And that, that's a key to being a leader in business. It's a key to being a leader in our houses. We have to make decisions. Now, every decisions we make will not be successful. There will be lessons learned from the decisions that we make. True? And that's the reason why, like, if you're making decisions about finances and you've not made those kind of decisions before, don't make huge decisions. Make small ones, yeah. right? Like, allow yourself to to not fail right there. I don't believe in failure. I believe that there's success, but there's going to be a lesson learned from it and make sure that the lesson that you're learning isn't catastrophic. True. What, what would you jump in there to that? Uh, JD? Uh, man, there's so much there to unpack. I, I, one of the things that I know I've struggled with personally, uh, when it relates to like choosing a path is most of the people, when I started down this journey, were not doing this with me. You know, Simon Sinek did a, a talk or a presentation on this, and he talked about the herd mentality, right? And human nature, our human nature is to want to do what the herd does. We find security in being a part of the herd, even if, and this is the wild part, even if we know what the herd is doing is actually going to hurt us, we will still do it because of the safety and security of being part of the herd. 
So I think where a lot of that fear comes from is separating from the herd and going a different direction. So when it comes to choosing a path, the most common path is what? It's a 401k, right? That's an easy decision to make by default because it's what everyone else is doing and there's safety in that. But when you separate, go ahead, go ahead, Russ. Well, are you saying that the fear of making a bad decision or a decision that may be contrary to popular belief is moving people in a, a, a path that is maybe contrary to the, what they want? A hundred percent. Because think about it. If, if, if my 401k goes down, guess who else's 401ks went down? All of my employees. So I have that misery to share with them. Right. Right. But if I make a bad decision investing in, say, single family real estate, I don't have that to share with anyone. I'm on my own. Right. Right. And so, so, so I think that's where also some of that fear can come from is the fact that you feel like you're on an island, which is what I love about our community, by the way, is that you're not on an island. Right. We've got 5,000 plus people doing the exact same thing. And, and so for one of the things that I've, I've had to learn myself is to fail forward. Right. Because even what I teach my boys is that you only fail if you quit. Like, period. Failure only happens if you quit. But if you don't quit, you don't fail. To your point, Rush, you learn. And mm-hmm. what do we learn through that? We learn a ton through that. I learned a lot about short-term rentals. For, tw- for, for 18 months, I've had a short-term rental that has absolutely killed it. Killed it. And I've not wanted to do another one because I, I've learned about myself that I'm not that great of a host. But guess what? I found a team member that I've hired right? That we're about to take on another short-term rental because I can outsource that now, right? But I've learned through that process and I never would have learned if I hadn't have actually taken that first step. Well, and one of our our members said that she likes to think of it like an exploration to taking the feelings out of fear, right? Mm. And and that that happens, right? Just action, taking action will reduce fear all the time. I mean, you know, every time I jumped off something, like a bridge or a cliff or something in the water. It's like just the, the hardest steps. That first one, man, gravity takes over at that point. <laughs> Mark, I mean, th- talk about fear. Like how, how is that preventing people from, from taking action or, or deciding between the two paths? Well, actually, I don't want to do the fear one. I want to do the person who just cares about money. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I'm going to answer the question that you didn't ask Russ, but thank you for asking me about people who just care about money. Um, so I, I actually wanted to hit on that one and, you know, Ernie is, is actually really helped bring this point up, but I want to touch on it on a personal note is at the start of 2020, I dropped a significant amount of money to invest into a course so I could learn about a passive income strategy. And as I was going through that strategy, I started, I saw the numbers, I saw it on paper. It all made sense. I wanted to do it. I started doing it and I realized I didn't quite fit my DNA But larger than that was I asked myself the question, am I doing this because I just want more money? Because I just want a little bit extra in in, in the passive income column? Is this really what I want to hang my hat on 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now? Am I I creating and living the life that I want to live? Or am I just chasing money? And I had to shelve that topic and that idea because I realized it wasn't aligning with what my core of what I wanted to achieve while I'm on this planet. And so for me, that was a moment of coming up on a, a crossroad of why am I, what, what path do I really want to choose? And it wasn't even like the passive income path itself. It was a life choice path. 
And so you're going to have forks in the road for ideas about passive income. You're going to have forks in the road for ideas about how you and your family interact and what you do, but you also have personal forks in the road. And so a lot of times we, we talk a lot about passive income. We talk a lot about, you know, infinite banking concept and, and how we can help you integrate those through. But there's also the you piece of the puzzle. There's the life piece to this. And if you're not, in my opinion, actively working towards and bringing into the life that you want and, the, and the, that level of success that you want, this other stuff isn't going to matter. And so sometimes those are the choices you're going to have to make too. So from a personal plea, that was a moment I had in 2020 and my life has never been better since is choosing what really aligned with my internal core was awesome. Ernie, tell me how, how does just the, just the unknown or maybe lack of education play into not being able to decide between two paths. Right. First, Mark, man, that that's amazing. I think you articulated that beautifully. Uh, lack of education. Think of it this way. When you want to get control, you want to choose your own path rather than it be dictated to you. You inherit problems you never would have had otherwise. You inherit a bunch of new problems, which is lack of understanding. When you go down a new path, of course, you're not going to understand it. And that can lead to uncertainty. I think the solve for that is, is community, is other people, like we've talked about. I think the benefit of, of finding somebody who's a little bit ahead of you and, and finding out what did they do that worked? What did they do that, that didn't work that you can avoid? I think that is a solve for lack of education. And fortunately, man, we live, if we were, if we were hosting a podcast in 1847, which, you know, I'd be pretty cutting edge, wouldn't it? <laughs> There's just it, access to information was much more difficult today, man, we got it. We can take courses online. We can jump in forums and chat with each other. We can coordinate meetups through the internet and do that in person or over the internet if we wanted to. Lack of information, it's out there for us. We just got to find it. Well, and I mean, the fear of the unknown is always pushing back, right? Like, you know, I'm, Joey and I are going through this process right now. We bought this property. We're going to turn it into a, a large short-term rental. It, it's a five-bedroom. We're actually going to convert two bedrooms, um, two different spaces in the house to make it a seven-bedroom and host large groups, maybe corporate retreats, maybe family who are coming to town for reunions or for weddings or whatever. And the pushback of the, the property owners next to it was way more than we anticipated. And I, you know, as I could go through the fear of the unknown that they have, but I'm going to apply it differently. Like looking at this situation now, like would I take a situation like this, where I had to go through all of these troubles, like on Monday, Joey and I are going to be meeting face to face with the mayor of the city that that this property is in. And we're going to be meeting with two of the city council people to talk about this property. As compared to every other unit we have dealt with up to this point, we've never had that, right? So like two paths here, like I can look at it and say, man, would I just want to take the easy path that requires no resistance and I could just do, or would I want to go through another situation like this? Because to be honest, but even before we got to this property, another property that we looked at and put under contract had similar issues. The, the municipality it was in had rules that we learned as we after we put it under contract that 
restricted short-term rentals. And it was going to require us getting like three different bodies to vote over separate times. And we have to have, we'd have to run the gauntlet each time to get it. And so it's kind of like, man, would I just rather go down this easy path or would I rather go, or would I take this one? And I, and I'm going to say, I'm glad that we've taken this one because we've learned so much through this process and what, what to look for, how to help people as we're building out this short-term rental course is going to go live here in the next couple of days. Like to me, like this is material that has to go in there. I'm going to add some bonus footage just to talk about some of these points. This is just something that I feel like was so helpful for our experience, but also it's required me to go do a lot more research on why short-term rentals can add value to communities. Like I learned that we can charge a community fee. I didn't even know that you could do that. Like we can charge a community fee for every booking earning. So for every person who books this, this property, I can charge 5%. That then becomes a value add to the community, a beautification opportunity for the community, a way to do things that otherwise would require money out of the neighbor's pockets. I didn't even know you could do that. I'm like, man, what else can we be charging for? I know JD charges the crap out of people some pet fees, but like now I got a community fee. I just feel like through this experience, I've learned different things. And sometimes we we choose the the easy path, the easy button. And 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 I'm not saying that easy button isn't the way to go a lot of times, but man, what we learn through the hard path sometimes can really help us just grow and then what we can share and, and deal with others. So let, let's talk about that. I want to, I want to wrap this up. I, I know we'll kind of put a bow in this. We got to get into the inner circle and start having discussions. And if you're not a member, member of the inner circle, you need to go ahead and schedule a call with one of these coaches and see if this is a good fit for you. You can go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash inner circle. You can schedule a call with one of the coaches and you can talk about is the inner circle the way to help you get to financial freedom? Is it the thing that's going to help you accelerate to where your passive income equals your monthly expenses? And then these coaches can talk to you through that and see if it's a good fit for you. But how do we address this, gentlemen? How do we address these issues so that someone can get over them? Well, I think we've had a lot of nuggets in here and I was just jotting them down. So how do we address it? I think we we think through these things. If you're if you're not experienced in making large financial decisions, make little ones that lead to big decisions and fail small and, and, and fail forward. Uh, the second thing is choose opportunities that maximize your opportunity for learning. Rest what you were just saying. Uh, make sure that you're considering the outcome of the investment. Does this align with your personal values, things that you want to be doing in the future? Does this opportunity lend to the lifestyle that you want to have when you are financially free? And, and then just practically, when you're choosing a path, if you're only looking at the, at the ROI, the cash flow, that could be a signal that you haven't done your due diligence personally professionally, and even an opportunity. Hmm, I love it. All right, Mark, final thoughts. Man, oh, I kind of all tied up right there real, real quick at the end. Um, yeah, how, do you follow, thought, how do you follow Ernie? I mean, how does that, was yeah, that, that was, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that you started with Ernie there. You, you should have <laughs> ended with Ernie. Um, how do you pick a path? Do you, you know what? At, at, at the end of the day, you're going to have to have some personal accountability. 
you can source everything. You can do the research, you can ask people, you can get coaching, you, you can get all the support you want, but you're the one who has to be ownership. And so like Ernie said, you've got to know what your end result is because you've got to own that decision. And whatever decision you make, I, I want to make this, this plea for you right now. Stop looking back. Stop looking back with a negative eye of, man, I shouldn't have done that. You know, if I would have known this. Well, no, hold on a second. If you did it right, you made the best decision you could at that time with the information you had. And if you if you are constantly and consistently doing that, it's going to be so much easier to keep walking through life with your head held high because you did the best you could and you got the best information you could. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, and I'll follow that up with this. Uh, begin with the end in mind, number one. Number two, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, and we have a tendency of being hyper impatient. Uh, and, and so remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And number three, there are a ton of phenomenal resources out there that can help you learn more about yourself and what type of passive income uh, paths you potentially could choose based on how you're wired. One of those is our investor DNA. Uh, that you can find inside of our community. And so if you want help with things like that, uh, we can certainly help you with that, uh, with our inner circle, uh, with the investor DNA, with some of the courses and things like that, that we have uh, to help you narrow that down as well. So those are the things that I would, uh, I would, I would end with. Man, gentlemen, you know, Joey is always somebody I could pick on and we have a lot of laughs at that, at his expense, if you will. And we still but, can. But today you guys brought the heat. I'm grateful to have you sharing with our team, with everybody out here. Um, as you've listened to this, don't get stuck between two paths. Don't take Ernie's see your way out approach. Even if you narrow it down to two options, C cannot be a, an option. It's got to be between two. C would be a third, in my opinion. But decipher, help yourself decide to make small, bite-sized decisions overcome fear by taking action. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for being willing to, to share it with someone else so that they can take nuggets. And if you need to get with one of these coaches, set up that call so that you can get on your path to financial freedom. We thank you as always for listening. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.